Hey folks, and welcome back to the show. This is Glenn again, getting things started and giving you the lowdown on all things raised by whoops. For the second time in as many weeks, I'm handling the episode introduction, and Andrew will be following with a piece of original narrative-based audio. I'll have more on that in a minute. First though, I want to mention that with Andrew doing some traveling lately, in addition to some other time-consuming commitments in both of our lives, we're shifting the program schedule from a weekly Saturday show to a semi-regular random day of the week show. In practical terms, this means that we may upload two or three episodes in the span of a week, and then you may not hear from us for a month. I don't love this change because I'm the type of person that generally likes to be consistent, but when I really think about it, strict adherence to a programming schedule is for professionals, and neither of us has ever been described as such. At least I haven't. I shouldn't speak for Andrew. Concerning today's episode, I struggled with what to call it in the opening paragraph because it's not what we typically publish on here. Instead of the normal story or essay, Andrew's going to provide you with an update from the road, detailing his bike trip so far with his wife Tiffany and their dog Pele the charioteer. And by the way, this one is a must-listen considering what they are accomplishing out there on those never-ending and at times precarious American highways. I can only imagine the physical and emotional strength required, and Andrew's going to fill you in on the adventure. Also, if you want to see some pictures and video from the trip, you can check out their Instagram feeds, at monkeytoothpodcast and at raisedbywhoops. One more piece of business, though, before the main course. It occurred to me when I was putting this together that it was three years ago this month that David Berman, one of my favorite songwriters, died by suicide in Brooklyn, New York. He was preparing to go on tour with his latest project, Purple Mountains, after a lengthy hiatus from the indie rock world, but obviously that never happened. David also fronted the band Silver Jews and collaborated with Pavement's Stephen Melkmus. In addition to the music, David published a book of poetry in 1999 entitled Actual Air, and I am going to read a selection from that book for you now in his memory. I'm not the most ardent fan of poetry, but as you'll hopefully hear, David had a wicked sense of humor in a way with the English language that even a lukewarm poetry guy like myself can appreciate. I hope you like it. It's called Snow, and it's apropos of nothing other than his death anniversary. Snow by David Berman Walking through a field with my little brother Seth, I pointed to a place where kids had made angels in the snow. For some reason, I told him that a troop of angels had been shot and dissolved when they hit the ground. He asked who had shot them, and I said a farmer. Then we were on the roof of the lake. The ice looked like a photograph of water. Why, he asked. Why did he shoot them? I didn't know where I was going with this. They were on his property, I said. When it's snowing, the outdoors seem like a room. Today I traded hellos with my neighbor. Our voices hung close in the new acoustics. A room with the walls blasted to shreds and falling. We returned to our shoveling, working side by side in silence. But why were they on his property, he asked. Alrighty, uh, enjoy the travel update from Andrew and Tiffany, and I'd normally say talk to you in a week, but it might be shorter or longer now based on the new format. 
I'll just say talk to you next time and uh, take care, everyone. Howdy, friends. This is Andrew coming to you from Astoria, Oregon, where Tiffany, my wife, Pele, my dog, and I have ridden. We started in Vancouver, Canada, about uh, 10 days ago. Been trying to make about 40 miles a day, which um, really isn't much. But uh, when you're hauling a little dog and his little trailer, it's tough, man. I want to say it's a lot harder than the last time we did a long-distance bicycle trip. That was eight years ago. Um, two knee procedures, one stroke, and one heart procedure ago. So maybe that's why it was easier. I don't know. But at any rate, I'm going to give you a little update on what we're doing, how it's been, and where we're headed. We started on the 15th of uh, August, landed in Vancouver, Canada with two huge bicycle boxes and all our gear and Pele's trailer and uh, assembled them in the stinking airport, which was crazy. It was crazy just getting ready for the thing, just packing up the boxes I had to hired a mechanic to help me. A guy named Kava came over and uh, helped me disassemble the bikes, get them packed up and ready to go. We had to strap one of them to the top of the car, shove the other in the back. We had to make a box for Pele's trailer out of like a an old box from a, a grill, like a backyard grill. And then a friend of Tiffany's and, and mine, my friend too, Nadine, came over to our house and gave us a ride, took us to the airport, and it was just a, uh, it was kind of a shit show, just uh, 200 pounds of gear and stuff, and Pele trying to get everything on the plane and had to move stuff around because it was overweight, and at any rate, we finally got it all together, made it to Vancouver, and our flight was an hour late, which was no no huge deal. Then it took us a really long time to get through customs. And then it took me quite a while to, you know, unbox everything and then put the bikes back together safely and get all our stuff packed up and ready to go. And then we realized we had not brought any dog food for Pele. So we had to go to a pet store and get some dog food. And uh, by the time we got on the road to ride from the airport to our destination for the evening it was like 7 30 so we ended up riding 30 miles uh and about 20 of those were in the dark through vancouver a city we don't know very well at all um we got kind of turned around we ended up on this what looked like a nice little trail on the map turned out to be like a dirt crazy gravel you know in the middle of nowhere trail and about, I don't know, actually maybe 200 yards worth of water. We had to take our shoes off and walk our bikes through this totally washed out road, uh, in the night, in the dark. And we didn't get into our place. We actually had a hotel that night. It was sort of a little, um, it was like in a house, a hotel in a house. And, uh, we didn't get until 11 o'clock. 
and fortunately the lady who ran it was super nice and understanding and let us in. It was the most relieved I may have ever been to have gotten to my destination. It was, it was you know, of course, tons of uphill and you know, riding through farmland, and it was, it was an adventure, uh, but it worked out, and we made it, got some rest, and started early the next day, and uh, rode to Bellingham, which is a surprisingly cool little town in uh, northern Washington. Our our border crossing was nothing. It was totally no big deal, super easy, hardly any questions. The guy did go through all our bags, and he was mostly just curious about cycling and how <laughs> Tiffany and I met and managed to have similar interests. Uh, he seemed kind of dubious that any woman would want to do this, and uh, was just amazed that, that I'd found one, uh, which I found a good one, uh, whether or not she likes to cycle, she's just a good one. Okay, so yeah, we made it to Bellingham, Bellingham was great, met a guy named Pizza Pete, who uh, told us where all to go, what to do, had a good time, ate some good food, re kind of situated, got our heads together after our crazy night the day before, and then rode, um, rode to Anacortes, which, uh, you know, everybody talks about how great Anacortes was, is, wasn't our favorite, it was like super busy, lots and lots of people, so we kind of rode on and made it to uh, this, a little park called Deception Pass, um, and it was, it was delightful to be, you know, in the Strait of Juan de Fuca, really pretty, had a nice night. Didn't really get a whole lot out of Antarctica's. Uh, but I'm sure if you showed up on a boat or you came in a car and didn't really care about how busy the roads were, it would be great. Uh, the next day, we were meeting a friend, a guy named Ryan, in uh, Port Townsend. So we rode there, we took a ferry, and this cool little... Um, super rural ferry port met up with him in Port Townsend and on the way we met a guy who rode to um, the uh, the campground that we'd stayed in the night before from Maine a young guy named Bennett rode all the way from Maine and uh, we hit it off and became pals so he joined us and uh, Bennett and our buddy Ryan uh, we all posted up at this little park in Port Townsend. We cooked dinner together. We got like some bratwursts and some veggies and uh, it was fantastic. Just had a great time with them. And the following day, let's see, we went to, I actually don't even remember. It's all, oh yeah, we went to Kitsap, uh, the Kitsap Peninsula, crossed over this crazy bridge into uh, the Kitsap Memorial State Park, which was beautiful, really, really pretty. But we started to notice the area around to get kind of cracky. By cracky, I mean lots of people on crack or meth or something. Um, I was surprised because it's such like a pretty area. You know, it's so, I don't know, green and lush and verdant and marine wildlife. And, you know, there's you're not far from Seattle, but, uh, man, it was really sad. You know, a lot, lot of like kind of biker gang ish, just cracked out folks, um, hanging out around. It was a little, a little unexpected to say the least. 
Let's see, so we left that beautiful place, uh, made our way to Belfair, um, camped out. <laughs> we had a hard time finding a, uh, a place to be because it was so, um, I don't know, man. It, it's just kind of a busy little area. It was, uh, I think it might have been the weekend. Yeah, it was It was nuts. We went at like six miles essentially out of the way to stay the night at this um, at this little state park. And it was packed. It was totally packed. We stayed in a little, uh, they call it a hiker-biker campsite. It's like seven bucks, six or seven bucks a person to camp. And uh, <clears throat> the, the whole campground was packed. And then, of course, right before we went to bed, a actual biker, not a cyclist, but a guy on a motorcycle and his girlfriend on a motorcycle <laughs> pulled into the campsite next to us, which is... I don't think that's what they mean by hiker biker, but whatever. They were super loud. Um, but it was kind of weird. So like I was saying, there was a lot of cracky people. These guys, I mean, I couldn't help but overhear their entire conversation. They were both ex-crackies. They were in recovery and they were talking about their sponsors and, you know, how they met. And it was like irritating because they were loud and right next to my tent, but it was kind of heartwarming that they were on a good road to recovery. It was like kind of sweet and I wanted them to shut the hell up. Uh, and then finally they went to bed and snored their asses off all night and all was well. We got up the next morning and I'm just petty enough to be loud while I'm putting my shit together early in the morning. <laughs> so, but it didn't wake anybody up. No one cared. I'm not, I'm petty, but I'm not effective. Okay. So, uh, let's see. We left there, um, made our way through a shit ton of miles for us. I think we ended up doing like a almost 60 mile day and, uh, made our way to a town called Elma where we, um, we stayed in this, we actually stayed in the hotel and it was so nice to get like clean and clean the bikes and do our laundry and kind of relax. Those little things, like they just, I can't tell you how much they mean after even just a week of being on the road and getting dirty. And, you know, we try to wash, try to wash what we're wearing when we shower and we've been showering every day, which is nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's something about like actually putting your clothes in a machine and pulling them out clean and dry that's uh it's novel and it's nice appreciate it while you got it um i gotta say man i haven't mentioned pele or tiffany and how much fun they're having pele's having a blast like the whole time we're riding he's, he's in the little trailer behind me and he's just constantly bobbing bobbing and weaving trying to look around my bags and to see what's in front in front of us uh, he gets out and runs and plays and he's been able to swim a bunch lately. We've been uh, on rivers and he's having a great time. Tiffany seems to be having a good time. She gets to uh, drink wine and smoke dope whenever she wants. I'm just kidding. She drinks wine, relaxes, has a good time. Uh, she likes the exercise. She's getting lots of sun. She seems to be very happy to be outside all day. And I feel about the same. I'm, uh, it's very, very hard physically for me. To, to haul Pele behind me, I would say it's probably twice as hard as it used to be for me to ride. But um, there's something like kind of comforting in being really sore. 
So anyway, where was I? Yeah, Elma. Stayed the night there, refreshed, recharged our batteries, and then had like a pretty tough ride to this town called Centralia. Um, we had a lot of headwinds, had lots of little hills. It was a tough ride, but we made it there and we're so super happy to get there because it was like this cool old miner town, like miner, logger, you know, late 19th century type of town. And we stayed in another hotel because there wasn't a whole lot of camping in this area. And I'm really glad we did. It's, um, it's a McMinniman's property. And McMinniman's has like 60 locations around the Pacific Northwest. They, they're super like artistic and tasteful people make these really cool. They'll take an old schoolhouse and turn it into a theater. And so they'd taken this old hotel and club called the Olympic Club the Oxford Hotel, and turned it into this just awesome art piece with great food. And uh, we stayed in a, in a room that was named after Roy Gardner, who was a train robber, a debonair and well-liked train robber. Um, you know, had that really kind of old-timey, whoring, gold-mining West feel. Um, it was great. We had a really good time. We watched a goofy-ass movie. Um, bullet train with Brad Pitt in their theater. It was, uh, we had great food, had a good time. Pele got to go everywhere with us. Um, he has a little service dog vest, which, uh, is like the golden ticket. He can go wherever he wants. Um, and he's great. He's the most well-behaved dog ever. He just lays down under the table and hangs out until it's time to go. Hardly expecting you to hand him little pieces of food. Um, yeah, good time. All right, the next day, we left Centralia and had by far the easiest day ever. It was just tailwind, lots of downhill. It was beautiful. Going through farmland, um, just gorgeous, and made our way to a town called, let's see, did we go to Toledo? I can't remember where we went. We either went to Toledo or to Castle Rock. It hardly matters at all. Pretty sure we went to Toledo. Um, and then the following day, had another pretty pretty easy day. You know, lots of, lots of downhill, lots of tailwind. It was nice. Then the last two days uh, on our way to Astoria and out of Washington have been shit. Our, uh, we're following this route set out by Adventure Cycling, which I'm not real sure why they chose this instead of sending people down Highway 101, which is along the coast and through the Olympic Peninsula. It's really pretty. We've driven it before. But this route you know, takes you kind of through uh, nowhere near that and down through all these little towns. And then the last two days, it puts you on major highways, which... Um, I don't know if you've ever ridden a bike on a major high, highway, but it sucks. <laughs> we left uh, we left Castle Rock and just it was climbing and tiny, shitty, no shoulder, cars flying by at sixty five miles an hour, extremely dangerous. And they're like uh, they say in the in this guidebook uh, with our route. And they're like, yeah, 
you might lose the shoulder occasionally, so be sure to ride defensively, whatever the hell that means. So yeah, the past two days have been like really nerve-wracking. We uh, we made it to our campsite yesterday, or the day before yesterday, um, on the Columbia River. Uh, Lamet, really close to the uh, Oregon-Washington border. We were so grateful. We'd left really, really early to try to beat headwind. So we ended up getting to our campsite by like 1 o'clock in the afternoon and just sat on the river. It was really, really nice. And we were just kind of decompressing from having our buttholes clenched and our shoulders tight from being terrified that we're going to get run over by a truck. Um, and had a kind of a great day. Pele swam and chased this little floating uh, orange thing that we bought him. He absolutely had the best time was so exhausted by the end of the day uh just swimming and running and playing it was it was great uh then yesterday we got up early again and took a ferry from uh Kathlamet to uh, i think Westport Oregon um and just rode in the fog on this terrible highway highway 30 for 20 something miles i mean just climbing hills constantly um huge logging trucks big trucks flying past us but we were both i mean tiffany does not really swear very much but even she was like cussing like a sailor yesterday because we were both so irritated with the road (laughs) but we made it we got to um astoria alive and got to see our friend Jesse and our friend Paul. And we're staying in their lovely house. They have two cats that Pele is afraid of, uh, which is great. And uh, they live uh, like in view of the Columbia River. I'm looking at it right now. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, we're extremely happy to be here. Looking forward to the next bit of um, our journey, which is all Oregon. We're going to be along the Oregon coast for pretty much the next 400 miles until we get to uh, Crescent City, California, where we'll hit like Redwoods and start going through um, kind of that uh, that beautiful part of Northern California. But yeah, so we've got a we've got another I don't know 10 days or so of beautiful coastal riding, which I'm I'm looking forward to. It's going to be challenging. There are a lot more hills. <laughs> than we've seen so far, um, which I gotta tell you, I think I've mentioned it probably three times already. It's real hard, but yeah, that's what we're doing. We got some miles to go 800 till, till home. If you're, uh, if you're out there on our route and you want to say hi or whatever, just, um, get in touch Go to the website. Uh, I am checking my email when we have service. It's, um, raised by whoops whatever the hell our website is you know what it is you can find us anyhow i hope you're doing well um hey glenn thanks for doing this hope all is well in canada signing off now from uh beautiful foggy and a little bit rainy astoria oregon until next time adios
Thanks for tuning in to the Raised by Whoops fake radio show. This is Glenn. Both Andrew and I are grateful for your time and attention. If you enjoyed that story, we'd appreciate if you could tell your friends, family, or even a few strangers about the show. Additionally, you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have a short story you'd like us to tell, or even some music you'd like to share, you can reach out via the website raisedbywhoops.com We're glad to have you with us. Until next time, thanks, and take care. See